You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So I'm going to start right off with an email that just says, I want to take a moment to write and say thank you for producing Sexy Marriage Radio. While I don't share your religion, I do share many of your values, that marriage is deep, meaningful, and worth spending thought, attention, and, and intention on. I was exposed to many Puritan negative images about sex that you tackle on the show, as in like real men do, good girls don't, don't enjoy it. And while I've long since disregarded the ideas that gave rise to those negative images, I didn't realize how many of them are still with me. So your frank, respectful discussions give me an outlet to spend many, some weekly time and thought on improving the special relationship with my wife. Thanks for all that you do, and please keep on doing it. I fully intend to. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I love hearing from listeners all over the spiritual spectrum. Absolutely. Because we all have one thing in common, no matter what spiritual values we hold or don't hold. We're all sexual beings. Yes, and and if you're married, I think we all want that to be the aspect of our life that can be fantastic in marriage. And mm-hmm. that's what I love that Sexy Marriage Radio does is tries to tackle topics that aren't talked about that are pro-marriage, pro-health, pro-God, pro-country, pro-whatever. Pro, pro <laughs> I mean, it, it, but it's just that idea that, man, there's a lot of marriages out there that feel like there's something missing. There's something quite not right. There's something, you know, and I, I think Sexy Marriage Radio exists to try to speak into that void. Yeah. And you want to hear something funny? Is uh, something at, funny. at the getaway, I, I think that it just kind of goes to show the impact that Sexy Marriage Radio is having on not just couples, but on individuals, because, you know, we are sexual beings as an individual. We're just very grateful to have a marriage partner to explore all that with. Right. <clears throat> but there was a couple who won a scholarship to come to Sexy Marriage Radio because I was speaking the week before in their church. And I just happened to throw out that if there's a particular couple that really feels like they need to be part of this weekend, I just wanted to make that possible. And so people put their name in a drawing. And so this couple had their name drawn out. And then she wound up coming to Women at the Well just a couple weeks later. And okay. she and she made a confession to me that the first night that she came to the getaway, she really, they, they really didn't know what sexy marriage radio was because, you know, they, they won it without being familiar with the show. Right. And, you know, we gave goodie bags out the first night. And do you remember inside the goodie bags, there was a deck of cards, Yep. but they forgot to pick up the instruction sheet about what to do with all the things inside the goodie bags. So when they went back to their hotel room that first night, she got out the cards and started playing solitaire. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and can you imagine how this made her husband feel? Of we came on this getaway and you're in there playing solitaire. Right. And so he just turned on the television and started watching a movie and they went to bed, you know, like nothing was happening. Right. But by the last night of that sexy marriage radio getaway, she said, I figured out what those cards are for. I enjoyed some strip poker with them. They they Right. It just their minds were so opened and blown right. by the whole experience of wait a minute, this is healthy, this is even holy, this is this is ordained, like this is what we're supposed to be doing. Well, okay then. Like they just needed somebody to give them permission to right. have fun again yep. in their sex life. And and research continues to show that regardless of religious connotation, married sex is the best sex with sexual satisfaction out there. The committed sex kind of stuff where you know marriage is just 
Sex in marriage is just better. Yep. It just is. Uh, what is it? It takes an average of 17 to 18 years for a couple to really reach the peak. Yeah. And that's the possible well, fulfillment levels. With no, one I, I mean, and I, man, I still cannot find the actual research that this is quoted from, but I found two people that have quoted said research, you know, that say yeah. 18 years into a relationship is when you really start to experience intimacy with that person, yeah. when you really start Not to understand it. And that's when, when you couple intimacy with sex. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and not that the first 17 years are bad. Right. It's just you have no idea what's actually possible, uh, what right. fulfillment is you know, waiting for you until you really are in those deep, deep years of you know commitment and, right. and pleasure and passion. And, yeah, I do. I think it keeps getting better and better. I, I fully intend for – we're in year number 25 now. I, I intend for year number 35 and 45, and I just intend for it to get better right. and better. And so perhaps – too many old people say that it can get better <laughs> true. and better. That's true. So perhaps you are a, a listener to Sexy Marriage Radio that are, are not even aware of what Sexy Marriage Radio is. Maybe you're just kind of new turning into this whole thing. So welcome. And I want to say, we love that you join us every week, and we love that you may be joining us now. So if there's something you want to hear us talk about, you got a question, you got a comment, you got a feedback, anything, send those emails to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We love the support and the feedback that we get from our listeners that helps us keep it going, This how it impacts their life, questions that they have, because that's future topics, because this is really a listener-driven show. In the sense Very of the topics so. that come up, and in the in the short term future, hopefully this will become a listener driven show because we'll actually have listeners on the show as well. I love that you are working toward that technology, Corey Allen, because that it, blows my mind. It's getting closer and closer. I think I, I think Good. I have a bead on what I can do. So. No, well, and here's the thing. I'm just going to make everybody aware that type of technology is very expensive, and that's why we have rolled out this Bed Buddy right. campaign to help make that possible because we want the show to just keep getting better and better. Yes. That's our commitment and to keep it free yes. to everybody. Yes. Um, well, Corey, I had mentioned that recently I had the opportunity to speak in Amish country. Yes. And I learned something about Amish people. They can cook like <laughs> nobody's business. Okay. I just threw my diet out the window for those three days because Amish bread like I've always heard that no food is worth dying over. I'm sorry. Right. I disagree. Now. Right. <laughs> like I literally stuffed it in my suitcase to bring the rest home. I'm surprised there was any left to bring home, <laughs> but um, yeah, their, their cinnamon rolls, their muffins, their bread, their baked goods are out of this world. Now I had a really interesting conversation with a gal sitting with her at lunch. They served this really nice broccoli cheese soup. And she said, it just feels really weird to me to be having broccoli cheese soup without having blueberry muffins. And I thought, what? Like, really? what is it like? Okay. I've heard like tomato soup and grilled cheese. Oh, yeah. Or, or, you know, like peanut butter and jelly or something like But I had never heard broccoli cheese soup and blueberry muffins. And right. she said, yeah, when I was growing up, my mom always made those two things at the same time. And I started laughing and I said, yeah, when I was growing up, my mom always brought home pizza on Friday nights and we always had peaches for dessert. And so pizza and peaches, those two things, even my brother cannot have pizza without peaches. Like we made that association. Interesting. Isn't that weird? How um, two things. I, I have a new insight into the weirdness that is Shannon now. <laughs> okay. And it just gets deeper from there. <laughs> I'm sure it does. So 
I wanted to talk about associations today. Okay. Uh, and I'm often having to help women disassociate from certain things. Like so many women associate married sex with sexual abuse from their past. Um, Wait, married sex with sexual mm -hmm. abuse? Yeah, they assume that what their husbands are wanting to do to them is basically the same thing. Thank as you. What okay, a I was okay. Or uncle or okay. whatever did to them. Like that, they haven't that they're just being taken advantage to, of. That they're just they haven't being been able used. to disassociate from the pain okay. of being abused, and they still consider sex Thank a painful you. experience. Okay. Now I'm with you. Yeah. So that's just one example. Women are having to disassociate all the time. Yep. Uh, like it when when women go into a second marriage. Uh, whatever experience they had in their first marriage, they have to disassociate right. and give the second husband a, a, a fresh, clean slate, new opportunity to, you know, to do something, you know, to forge something totally different. Right. So we're constantly having to do this association and disassociation thing. Well, I found it very interesting. Recently, I heard from one of our listeners who wanted to do a coaching session. I had actually talked to her about a year ago. And the issue that she brought forth is that she had a real problem with her husband's issue of porn and masturbation. Okay. And as I talked with her about her concerns and her questions and how it was making her feel, what I soon realized is that she associated those two things very closely together as if you couldn't have one without the other. Okay. So I thought it would be good to do a show on disassociating porn from masturbation because I think that our views on each of those is such that they're very different. <laughs> Yeah. Even though they often go hand in hand, no pun intended. Yep. Uh, it's those two topics should be treated very differently because they are very different issues. So talk to me about um, what you think about porn and masturbation and how men often weave those two together or women weave those two together. And how does one go about untangling that mess? Okay. Well, I think at foundation is that the pornography industry is largely a porn is a masturbation industry. That's the goal. Yeah. Of it. We mentioned it's, that last week, right? That it's, it's designed by portraying sexually aggressive women going after men so that men can masturbate quickly and be done, you know, or can achieve orgasm or ejaculation is more likely because it's not really orgasmic moment. <laughs> Can, but, can mentally insert himself into that right, frame. Right. So it's an envision that it's happening. I to think him. it's, I think it's designed just for that point. Mm -hmm. So it's those two, as far as they are concerned. And I mean, they, as in the porn industry, that's what their whole goal is, is just to create a means to an end. Right. And so here's the, the issue that she brought up. She said that um, he is a very high testosterone guy, okay. retired military cop, like lives life on the edge, yep. a lot of, you know, violence, threat to his own life, has to constantly keep up his guard. So you can imagine living such an emotionally charged life means that sex is a huge outlet for him. Yep. And he feels the need to have at least one orgasm per day, okay. minimum, sometimes more. Well, she's raising five kids. And the idea of having an orgasm every day or even just having sex every day is really overwhelming to her. And what she wanted to know is, do I have a right to say that I can't keep up with you? And I asked her, well, how would you feel 
if if you were to give them the option of you know i can be sexually available to you when i'm interested and i'm even willing to go through some motions to get myself worked up to become interested but the other times when i'm just so totally not interested you have the freedom to just take matters into your own hands and her immediate response to that was i don't want him looking at porn i don't want him looking at other women right. and i was like I didn't tell you to tell right. him to go look at porn. What, like, right. what has that got to do with anything? But then I realized that she had tied these two things sure. so closely together. And I, you know, we talked about how a woman would feel about her husband looking at other women through porn. I can't fathom that there's very many women on the planet. I mean, obviously there may be exceptions to the rule, but I think that most women have a hard time with accepting that her husband would be looking at other women. But what if it's strictly a matter of he's not looking at other women, he's just taking care of his own sexual needs so that he doesn't put the burden of responsibility squarely in your lap to meet his every sexual need. Right. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, I think that's that's part of a, a road to recovery is if you can help a, and this is just from the experience I've had with some men that have come to me to work on this specific issue of porn usage and how it's destroying their marriages. And the first step to me is you need, you work to separate masturbation from porn, because if you're not going to masturbate to it, what are you looking at it for? You know? Right. <laughs> so it's kind of, okay. That torturous. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, that's kind of, I'm all hot and bothered, but I can't stupid. touch myself. Yeah. It's kind of stupid to, to do it then if that's not why I'm doing it. So it's, it's starting to just, rewire the brain in a sense of, okay, if I'm looking for just a release, how can I get that from my wife? Possibly. How could I do that myself? And so then I'm starting just to get a little more specific about what I'm looking for, which typically then brings about a, a greater likelihood of connecting with my partner, of being real, connecting with myself, because there's also an element, and this is uh, covered in Dr. Glover's book, No More Mr. Nice Guy, that a lot of nice guy problems that have porn and shame issues, sex sucks too because it's over so fast because it's associated with porn and secrecy. And you can't usually just take your time and then slow down and enjoy it when you're looking at porn and you're trying to get a quick one done. So it happens in, in sex too. So you have to almost retrain yourself. with. He has a chapter called Healthy Masturbation that is basically just retraining your body to, to touch and to feeling and, and, and get your mind out of it and get your senses back into it. And to be mentally present right. once again right. and to enjoy what's actually happening instead of fantasizing about what isn't happening and will probably never happen. Right. Because the problem with, I mean, how, how it spills over to me when you're dealing with pornography and masturbation is that, you know, no woman can, can, can portray what porn is. No real life woman, no, a wife will not ever. Not consistently. Yeah. She may try, but it's going to be a blip on. It's going to be birthday sex type of thing. It's right. not going to be your regular repertoire. Right. So it's it's then you got to start separating it out. Okay. So what is what am I really doing? Because I'm thinking of just the story you're telling. Because this is the first time hearing it while, while we're on the air of the of the couple or the lady you worked with. That he is so charged and driven. I would say he does not. If we're going to be more accurate, just from what I'm hearing and what I would ask him is. I'm not thinking you want sex once a day. You want ejaculation once a day. And there is a difference between those Absolutely, two. Absolutely, <laughs> there's a big difference. <laughs> I hadn't thought about disassociating those two things. Because it's 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 he just wants the chemical release and the endorphin spike to calm down something to help and him. And do you think that that's 
healthy or do you think that's unhealthy? Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. You'd have to have more information to, right. to, to really know. But it is one of those, okay, it, is that something that really is helping achieve what you really want? Or right. is it just medicating? Is it just taking the edge well, off? Is it, you know, so it's kind of, you got to parse all of that out, which that's, that's a deeper concept and deeper, deeper show. Yeah. And there is something too. I think the mental release, the physical release of ejaculation for men, orgasm for women, that you're right. It, it may not always be about wanting sex with your partner, right. but yeah, I just want to speak something to the women though, who are hearing this and maybe their radar is up and maybe they're open to learning something new or whatever. Something that I distinctly remember her saying to me is um, I have asked my husband to save all of his sexual energies for me to not you know, look at porn, to not masturbate. And uh, that even when he's traveling, she said, you know, sometimes he can be gone for a week at a time. And I asked her, I said, well, do you think that it's fair to ask him to go for an entire week, which may not sound that long to some people, right. but to a guy who feels a high, high desire right. to have it every day, sometimes more than once a day, a week may seem like a lifetime. Right. And I, and I ask her, do you think that it's going to be a very effective strategy to help warm his heart toward you and feel totally, totally safe and secure in your marriage relationship for you to expect that you can starve his sex drive down to the level where it meets yours? Because I had asked her, how often are, do you think that you get horny? And she's like, well, maybe once a week. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's that's, that's not going to happen. I just think that it's kind of cruel for a woman to expect that he should lower his drive to the point that it matches hers because right. men aren't wired to have low sex drives as often as women are. Not if they got testosterone in their body. Exactly. <laughs> and I had a testosterone injection one time while I was trying to get pregnant and I developed a whole new level of sympathy for men because it does, it drives you to just want to hump anything that moves. It, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to justify what men do, uh, but the reality is, is that hormone is designed to make uh -huh. you horny. And so when you're in a dangerous situation and your life is, you know, at, at risk. You're, yeah, you're on edge. That's, that's doesn't just, your yeah. testosterone level spike? Isn't that part of the whole endorphins and all that stuff that released to help you protect yourself? Right. right. So I could kind of see why a guy who has that regular lifestyle would have a much higher testosterone level right. and libido as right. his wife. And so how do you level the playing field and even so you balance those scales such that both of them comes away feeling like it's a win-win. And so my advice to her was, you know, give him freedom to take care of his own needs without putting that burden of responsibility on her that right. you just, just let him know that, you know, it's okay with me. It, it's, I'm not trying to reject you. And I, I suggested to her, even offering to hold him in your arms while he does it, even holding, you know, even rubbing his chest or kissing his neck or whatever, like be a part of it as often as you're willing to, because yeah. it just because he's doing it for himself doesn't mean that she has to check out and leave the room. Right. Um, but to, you know, to give him the freedom, but to also uh, to realize that, you know, his level is going to be different than yours to try to increase your interest level of at least see if you can act yourself into a new way of feeling. Uh, but don't expect that he's only going to be interested in sex as often as you are. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to happen. Well, that's the differences just, in desire levels that I don't believe that we have matched desire levels. And I don't think that it's, you know, a man who's sexually fulfilled 
either by his wife or a combination of his hand and his wife is not nearly as likely to go looking for food elsewhere as the man who is starving sexually. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that women are being very unwise in guarding their marriage and guarding their family by starving their husband sexually because they just feel as if he should only want sex as often as she does. Right. So this comes down to, because as I'm hearing you talk, this comes down to what's the meaning you attach to what's going on. That if your husband goes off and masturbates a couple times a week, once a week, whatever, What's the meaning? What does that mean to you? Does that induce guilt because, oh, I should be satisfying that? Well, really? Should you? Should you not? I mean, it's kind of, that's where I would go with it of yeah. what's the meaning? And even to the guys. And th this applies to women too. Oh, totally. That, I mean, I've had clients that have said, that have disclosed, yeah, I'll take care of that myself. And he's, really? I'm ready whenever you want, you know? And, well, but sometimes I don't want you, you know? <laughs> it's like, Sometimes oh. the solo experience represents something different. Absolutely. Than she has a different meaning attached to it. And so I'm of the belief, though, that when it comes to this topic in marriage, when it comes to masturbation, do you keep it secret or not? That's where it comes down to again. That is it something you're hiding or is it something that it's like you've, you've kind of announced your intentions, you've made a move, you tried to see what you could have, have happen, and you maybe even come straight out and said, look, I know you're not interested, you want to join me, or you want to help me, or you know what, I'm just going to go take care of it. And, and you know, your wife could easily be, or your husband could be, okay, cool, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, and, and that was one of the elements that also bothered her, is she said, you know, sometimes he's in the bathroom a really long time, and I know what he's probably doing in the shower, and it bothered her that he would like deny it. And yeah, I, granted, I don't think that it's healthy for a spouse to lie to your right. spouse about what you did or what you intend right. to do or whatever. But I told her, I said, you know, chances are this was something, the secrecy element was something ingrained in him early on because what little boy masturbates and his parents know what he's doing. You know, it's like right. you, that's just a pattern that gets formed early in their lives. But I said, I think that it actually could be very healing to him to understand that you are okay with this, that he doesn't need to hide it, that you might actually want to jump in the shower with him on occasion and just soap him up or whatever. Like, just normalize this for him. Yeah. Normalize this for him. But I also want to, I want to add a little caveat to this. Okay. Because I think there's also something to the fact that we are, as a, as a human species, we have evolved beyond the animal kingdom that just because we have a biological drive doesn't necessarily mean we have to fulfill it. Absolutely. So not, I mean, I heard this when I was in uh, high school and I was at um, a, a sex ed class at our, that our church actually did. And a nurse was the one talking and she made a comment, which this is perfect for middle school, high school, college age boys. But I think it, it applies to men too. Not every erection has to end in ejaculation. I mean, so yeah. there's something about training my brain to recognize, yeah, I'm really turned on and horny right now, but I can wait until I get with my partner next time. I can, right. I don't have to necessarily, oh, well, I'm feeling really horny. Might as well go take care of, you know, because that's, that's almost the easy way out to seeing what could be on the other side if I was to learn some self-control, you mm -hmm. know, learn. And you're training yourself to be sexually selfish. Yes, it is a sexually selfish right. act to okay. just so, withdraw sorry, on just, your own. Just, just wanted to add that in there. Yeah. And, and I would say the same thing to women as well. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes our libido isn't all that high anyway. 
So for us to take matters in our own hands just because he's not around or whatever, that's going to lessen the likelihood that you really want to be with him later. Uh, now, I, But I have been told, though, in all fairness, I have been told by some women who are going through like their 40s and 50s where their sex drive is actually higher yep. than their husband's, especially if they're married to a man who's slightly older, um, that they feel as if touching themselves keeps their oxytocin level high enough that they want to be touched more often. Whereas if they don't touch themselves, you, when you combine that with he's not touching me a whole lot either, that's when they work themselves into that state of frigidity where they don't want to be touched at all. Right. So there are actually some women whose philosophy, and I, you know, I can't argue with this necessarily. I think that we all have to figure out what works for us and what works for our marriage relationship, that they incorporate masturbation as a regular part of their sexual repertoire so that when their husbands are interested, they are too. Right. Because the more a woman touches is touched, the more she wants to be touched. And the less she's touched, the less she wants to be touched. So let me ask you this. Um, since you're a female. <laughs> that really? I think you have been all your life, too. Um, <laughs> I don't remember a it, day that wasn't it's, true. It's interesting because when, you, when this topic comes up, and I think of, I'm just going through the Rolodex of the couples I've worked with where this topic has been part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Or an individual or a friend even that where this topic has been part of the conversation. There's an element to that when a man masturbates, there's a usual, there's usually a secretness to it and a guilt from the wife to it. You know, her response to it oftentimes is, why would you do that? I'm, you know, I don't like that, you know, because they want where, and where it's coming from is they, they want to be a part of helping. They want They know that's kind of, Hey, that's the role I play, you know, but uh, what is I, it? I, let me just interject right there, though. Thank you. That's not always the issue that women have. They don't want to be a part of it. They're just offended that he's doing it. Oh well. And that's, so I, I think that she needs to really look at what do you want? What do you expect and that's, of him? And that's fair. That's completely yeah. fair. But yeah. I, I'm curious. Am, am I wrong in that? That that lots of times, if because I just want to look at it from the different genders. Because when a woman masturbates and the husband finds out about it, it's not typically a. I can't believe you do that. Or uh, I'm offended. It's almost like a, why didn't you call me and send pictures? You or, know, <laughs> or, it, yeah. <laughs> or it's a, I'm not the only one who feels that need. Okay, good. The, the well, playing that's, level. that's true. And I mean, just because I just think of, <laughs> I love it because he was just flat out. He found out his wife had masturbated and he was like, man. And I'm like, does that make you jealous? He said, no, I it, it makes, it makes me mad. I mean, like, call me during it or something. I mean, I, I want to be a part out. of. I want to be a part of that. It's like throwing a party and not inviting yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it's not usually that way. The other way around, you know, a wife isn't. I, I've not come across where a wife is like, oh yeah, they, they, a wife is usually like either hurt, guilt, whatever, or yeah, feeling that's, rejected. That's on you. you, you whatever you you do, whatever. I don't want to. I don't even want to know. You know. <laughs> so. Well, and I want to clarify, I think there's a big difference between that attitude that you just verbalized right there. And there are women who are like, I don't even care. Just do what you want to do. That's very different than, you know what? I right. respect the fact right. that you have a much higher sex drive than I do. And right. I don't want to feel as if I'm holding you back and dragging you down. So I just want to know that you have my blessing. That's a very different conversation. It's all in the attitude. That makes it actually part of the marriage sex life. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it? Right. Because then it's the both of you are for, first aware of what's going on and less threatened by what's going on, which opens up the possibility of actually 
creating more in the marriage bed together. Right. Well, and I also uh, recall there was a couple who it was ingrained in him growing up that masturbation is wrong, 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 wrong. Yep. And he has a much higher sex drive than his wife. And so he has literally put the burden of responsibility on her yep. that every time he wants an orgasm, it is her job. It is her responsibility. This woman is wore out. She has made the declaration. I don't ever want to have sex with you again. Right. And so it's like, yeah, no. What if, what if he were told that masturbation isn't necessarily wrong? And she's like, I've wanted to tell him to masturbate, but he feels as if that's, um, that that's lessening his integrity. It's like, okay, masturbation, as we've said in a previous show, is not mentioned in scripture. It's right. not forbidden in scripture. Right. I'm not saying it's not a sin in some circumstances. I think you have to look at the motive of the heart. Yep. But if the motive is let's balance out these differing sex drives within our marriage so that we're both happy and that when we do come together to have sex, we're both coming out of our fullness, not out of our emptiness, as you so often say, that that's just a very different equation. Yeah. And so I do, I want couples to separate the whole, just because he's masturbating doesn't mean he's looking at porn. Right. Just because he's masturbating doesn't mean that he's rejecting you. Uh, and, and, you know, same goes to women and, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you feel the need for masturbation because he's slowing down sexually, just let him know that. Yeah. Give, give him the option of, does he want to participate in it? Does he want to watch or yeah. does he, is he perfectly okay with just giving you that private time to yourself of just, no secrets. Yeah. And okay. There are so, no secrets. There are no lies. Oh, and where there are no lies, there's no chance for it crumbling and falling apart. All right. So I just thought of a different path forward with this. What? I, I see smoke coming out of your ears it, on the well, screen. Uh, I, I got to kind of make sense of it more in my own head. But it's just that idea of, okay, one, I want to try to make it more in the open. But it's a whole other ball game that I want to do it and let my, par my partner watch it. Because now I'm talking about self-image. I'm talking about identity. I'm talking, you know, there's more to performance. that. Performance. There's still a performance element Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. And, and so, you want to know what that's called, Corey? Tell me. It's called intimacy. Thank you. Into me see. I get it. But that's taking your relationship and your life to a completely different level. Because typically masturbation is always thought of as a solo act, private, secret, whatever. But what if you brought it out in the open? And I would imagine that there are men who are like totally on board with that right now going, yeah, just tell her, I'm, I'm just going to go home and tell her if you ever masturbate, let me watch. And, but also know that it can be a very powerful experience for a woman right. to watch well, her husband. Like you have to be open to it if you're going to ask her to do it. And that's my thought is uh, he could be all excited about it and turn on because, yeah, I want to see that. But would you want to do it in front of her? And Exactly. That's but this is an opportunity to become a student of each other's bodies. Yep, it is. Like for a woman to watch how he touches himself at what rate, et cetera, et cetera, you can learn a lot about what he finds pleasurable and vice versa and if then, he will just pay attention to what she's doing to herself he will learn all kinds of new tricks and then we've now steered it to the relationship we've steered it to something that we have been proponents of that 100 percent of your sexual energy stays in the relationship yeah the marriage bed that's a good thing the best sex happens in the marriage bed if you're willing to let it, <laughs> it, <sure> it does. <laughs> well man this is this has been good. I, I was not quite sure where we were going to go with this as we were starting, but I like it. 
Isn't it interesting how we just, we start chewing on something and it swells, you know, just like, ah, it becomes yeah. overwhelming. And then we realize we can't possibly do this topic justice in 30 minutes. No, it's, it's good. But I'm sure that everybody out there has their own thoughts and opinions. We'd love to hear them at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Well done sneaking that email address in there. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We will see you next time. And we love you for listening. 